Quippers Church family, Pastor John here and Pastor Pat. Um, it is a privilege to be in your living room or on your couch or wherever you find yourself in this moment in time. Uh, thank you for joining us for Church at Home for March 15th, uh, 2020. This one wasn't quite as planned as the last one, um, but we believe this is a God thing. We believe opposition is always an opportunity. And uh, we're gonna follow God on this one and seek his Holy Spirit for what he might have for us as a church. And we'll expound on that in a minute. But just to give you a little history of how the week has gone. Thursday, you probably received an email uh, saying we were gonna proceed as normal and take precautions. Uh, and that, uh, we were under, under the understanding that there was no known cases of coronavirus in San Luis Obispo County. To, to this point, that is true, uh, praise God. But after uh, a group of local pastors got together on Thursday afternoon and sought counsel from professionals, uh, doctors and city health officials, um, we realized that was not good grounds to make that decision. Um, just the way the global trend has gone, they've seen that where one case of coronavirus is discovered or tested positive at, in a sick person in a hospital, that typically represents 500 to 1,000 cases that are already present in, in the community. And again, we don't live in fear. We'll talk about that a little bit, but we're trying to walk in wisdom. Uh, large gatherings have been a big culprit in this rapid spread across the globe, and we're trying to ease the uh, pressure on our system here on the Central Coast and in California. If there was an influx of sickness, we don't want to add to that whatsoever. We want to be preventative. And uh, I think this is kind of a setup, to be honest. We, we feel uh, as heartbreaking as this is and as challenging some of the times are uh, for the sake of the church and Christ's cause through the midst of it, I can't help but feel a little bit giddy of what God's going to do. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a bit excited for seeing the way God's going to use something of this nature. And uh, again, we're, we're praying uh, that the uh, consequence is very small here on the Central Coast that we stay untouched, that uh, there is the miraculous that breaks out in homes and uh, there's an end to this pandemic. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about President Trump calling for a National Day of Prayer today? Yeah, that was a, a real blessing and it's brought great response. Um, Bob McClellan sent me an email that was actually uh, from Franklin Graham and uh, asking for and actually getting signups for churches making the commitment to pray on Sunday. But the, uh, just the idea that we have a president who recognizes that the solution to this isn't just about coordination, it's not just about resources and materials, but it's about seeking God in heaven. Mm. And uh, no one's saying that this is a judgment from God, that we understand that these things have been in history, but when there is something that is of a scale of a pandemic that can threaten the international economy and lives, et cetera, et cetera, the, the greatest response is to pray. Mm -hmm. And so we want to appeal to you at home this morning, if you're gathered alone by yourself or whoever you're with, that you would take some time and just pray. That mm -hmm. There are some points that were made in that email, but I think most of us know what our prayer points would be in response to a situation like this. But uh, just to echo what you said, I think for me, because um, there's been, there's lots of factors when you respond as a church and not decide not to gather together. There's a lot of things that run through your mind, but the fact that 
the local pastors together agreed that this is really one way that we show support for our community, mm. that we, we come into agreement and we mm -hmm. say, even though we're not in fear, we don't believe that our gathering would even uh, probably pass on or be a point of a uh, contagious point for the virus. The fact that they're asking us to be wise, to help avoid some sort of a, um, a response where they wouldn't be ready with materials and test kits, et cetera, and that we, you know, we could be a contributor to that. But to be able to show unanimously that the church cares for the community, mm -hmm. we care about what our leaders say, we care yeah. about the wisdom that's given to us, and we, we see that now at a mm -hmm. national level, a state level, that where there's cooperation mm -hmm. and response and politics are falling out of it, that you can actually feel more love yeah, than, than you could before. And I think that's yeah. super significant. Yeah, and I think it's important at times like this to remember, yes, we're a people of faith, but we're also people of honor and we're yeah. people of love and yeah. uh, faith doesn't make us blind Absolutely. Uh, to real needs and real opportunities for unity uh, amongst ourselves. And funny enough, uh, we've been in this series called Distinctly Christian and uh, what an opportunity to get a glimpse of what makes us distinctly Christian as we are almost forced to go back to the method of the early church. Yeah. And uh, I just wanna read a few things from those notes on unity. In John 13, 35, Jesus said this, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so I, I, the word unity means to be in the state of one or oneness. And in Acts chapter two, uh, as we were talking about the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit was poured out, it says that the believers are together and in one accord. And it wasn't a very large amount of people, but there was this idea of unity attached to revival. There was this uh, principle of in one accord that was related to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we've discovered now that really unity doesn't mean we're all in the same room. It means that our love for each other is working as a testimony to the community, to those around us, that Christians have a bond of love uh, that speaks louder than anything we could really say. And the early church was defined as this. It was defined as a relational network of communities illuminating the centrality of love. And um, like us now, in this moment, they didn't have much to hide behind. <laughs> they didn't have real elaborate programs. They didn't have lights. Um, they didn't have amazing worship necessarily. There was very little to hide behind. And, and right now, we're feeling that. It's mm -hmm. like now the rubber hits the road and without all these things to hide behind, will communities gathered around the centrality of love prevail? I think absolutely. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's all the more time to, to lean in together, taking precaution, uh, obviously, but uh, a time to think out of the box. and. Uh, I, I explained today in a statement that we put out um, along this principle that we find in Hebrews 10. Uh, uh, it, it says this, let's keep a firm grip on the promises that keep us going. He always keeps his word. Let's see how inventive we can be in encouraging love and helping out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the big day approaching. And um, I love that term. Let's see how inventive we can be. Yeah, come on. Let's see how inventive we can be. It, once the 
the rug is pulled out from underneath us and we're not, uh, we can't be so dependent on that one large gathering that is typically, you know, our, our place for evangelism and connection. And it ticks off a lot of boxes for us as a church and we celebrate that. We love getting together on Sundays, but let's see how inventive we can be. Who knows what God might do through the season. And uh, now it's up to all of us accumulatively yeah. to see how inventive we could be. You and your world, your life with your family, your kids might be at home a lot longer than you're used to. Your, your job schedule might be shifting and changing and whatever it might be that seems as a massive challenge, I, I just want you to remember this principle from Hebrews 10. Let's see how inventive we could be. Let's see what God might do through us in our families and our lives in this time of uncertainty and uh, we haven't really been here before. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, if you think about, because <clears throat> we know God is cohesive, uh, that our subject, as you mentioned, is distinctly Christian. We've been looking at that, specifically the role of the Holy Spirit. And, and I somehow believe that in this, to go along with what you were saying, that because one of the things he does is he's the comforter, the standby, the advocate, uh, but he also, Jesus said he would show us things to come. And what about in God's grace and mercy, if this is a dress rehearsal? Yeah, totally. <laughs> that, that he allows the church and the communities to, to go mm. through because of end time scenarios. That mm -hmm. there's, you know, of course, different eschatologies and perspectives. But what if it's a, an amazing time to think about re how we will restructure the church, how, yeah. how we can look at new relationships that might develop because people really do make a decision to invite people into their homes and new friendships begin to rise. We figure mm -hmm. out ways on how to supply each other and, and definitely to encourage each other. And, and then in our uh, different approach, our different countenance, we could believe that we're going to be, have put, God will put an attraction on us, that now mm -hmm. we can affect neighbors, we can affect people at work. And, yeah. and that, that we would all admit this, that for most of us, you, we might know something, but to actually walk in it sometimes requires uh, to break old habits and form new. Sometimes there's crises points that mm -hmm. actually drive us to finally do what we know we're supposed to do. And perhaps this is one of those times. But uh, it's, yeah. it's absolutely a time to be hopeful. Mm -hmm. It's time to, to uh, in our prayers, to renew our thankfulness to God that there isn't any virus in our borders at this time and that all of the ones we love so far are healthy and strong. Mm -hmm. And so gratitude is important. I, I, Jeremiah 29, 11 is something that we want to all know that scripture, but it is a reminder where God says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, mm. to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I'll listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. What a great opportunity with perhaps less distractions and being home in our uh, confinement in a sense mm -hmm. that it'll give us a chance with even more of our heart to seek the yeah. Lord. And he, he promised we'll find him. He promised yeah. he'll be listening to us. So I just look for great testimonies coming out of this. Yeah. And today already, uh, Lene and I were brainstorming how our, our, we ourselves could really make a difference at the moment. And we are opening up our home and um, reaching out to neighbors and friends and um, doing what we can. But we've, we were kind of brainstorming, and I thought of this big issue right now with, with schools being out. Parents are in a bit of a dilemma. 
um, with uh, especially single parents and parent both working parents and just the complexity of all, all of that. What do you do with your kids and how do you keep working? And we just thought, man, how cool if we were able to use some of our facilities to, to host kids for whether it's a portion of a day or full days, or we have no clue what that's supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And then I, I realized, man, on the other side of that coin, there's, there's nannies and teachers, aides and people. Uh, I think some teachers are gonna still receive compensation, but there's a lot of people attached to that that are gonna be out of work. Uh, that's livelihood is dependent on kids, looking after mm-hmm. kids and helping children. And I thought, man, what if as the church, we were able to be a resource to the employees to serve the kids so that the parents could have a place, uh, a, awesome. a responsible place where kids could belong for a little while and parents could still work. And again, we're working on logistics. And so we're brainstorming all that. I walk into a coffee shop and the guy in front of me in line uh, is talking to the girls at the coffee shop and he's explaining how he's a teacher's assistant. He's about my age. He, he, he got an email that they're closing down his school. He will not be compensated during that time. No mm. clue what to do, where to turn, mm. and a little bit distressed about it. And as he was walking away, I, I just said, hey man, um, craziest thing. I'm a pastor of a church just across the parking lot and I was just brainstorming how we can engage teachers' assistants and in, in that nature to help with kids and how we could help fill the gaps for people and make sure there's food on the table and people are provided for. And I, I don't think he was a Christian, uh, but he was taken back, blown away that the church was thinking this way, that the church might be able to serve him in such a tangible way. And he was, he was just taken yeah. taken back by what the church could do. So I think that was just a, a glimpse of the practical ways, the profound ways that we could really make a difference in people's lives. And so that's just one of the many stories. And so I encourage you, how inventive can you be? What can you do? Uh, and what can we do as a church accumulatively? And re- read this quote. Uh, it, it's uh, out of the book, Canoeing the Mountains by Tom Bolsinger. And he says this, Missional church is a community of God's people that defines itself and organizes itself around its real purpose of being an agent of God's mission to the world. In other words, the church's true and authentic organizing principle is mission. Mm. When the church is in mission, it is the true church. Yeah. What a great quote. And I think it, it wraps up scripture so well into that one action point of just living on mission. And, um, we want to pass it off to you where you're at with your friends, your family, or by yourself, wherever you find yourself. Um, and we really encourage you to engage in prayer, um, that we would join as a nation. And we know that if we humble ourselves, if we confess our sins, if we get on our knees and are in a place of humility and pray, the promise is that God will heal our land. He will heal our land. And uh, so I'm expectant to see that happen in front of our eyes. What a great testimony as this thing starts decreasing as believers pray. And um, also, if, if you're new, if you're tuning in and want to connect, um, go to quipperscc.com connect. Or if you want to help us financially in meeting some of these needs and initiatives, please do. Uh, quipperscc.com slash partner. Uh, any contribution would be really helpful. Um, if you need anything, if you're looking for childcare for your kids, if you're someone who could offer help, uh, if you need prayer, if you are vulnerable in your health and want assistance in running errands, any of the above, please email care at equippercentralcoast.com and we're going to try and attend to as many needs as we possibly can uh, as we navigate some uncharted territory. But uh, final thoughts? Well, um, 
we're the church elders are going to get together this week and and talk more about this. I know if it's a prolonged thing, probably even up till next week, that you're going to plan uh, like you did the church at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that more the, of that? Yeah, yeah. The the Christmas special where uh, worship set and a sermon and all would where it would feel like normal church, but you get enough lead time that maybe you'll set up next week a mini church where mm-hmm. you gather help. people together and yeah. you, it'd be like the Clark Center in your home. So mm-hmm. this stage is always available to us, and we're gonna think of some good things to carry on gathering times together. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, should we pray? Yeah, pray us out. <clears throat> Father, thank you for all that we have just discussed, and for your ongoing wisdom and understanding. And we thank you for uh, the challenge of new things mm-hmm. of, of a new way forward and we ask you for grace to accept the challenge and i just thank you that you've not given us a spirit of fear mm-hmm. and we pray for all those that might be listening right now that their mm-hmm. spirits would be full of peace they would be calmed reassured and understand that through the blood of jesus and the power in his name no fear will prevail. Mm-hmm. Amen. We just declare that over you right now at home, that you've not been given a spirit of fear, yeah. but of power and of love and a sound mind. And mm-hmm. love casts out all fear. So mm-hmm. please understand that you're loved by God. He's got a plan that he's yeah. working. Uh, he said all things would work together mm-hmm. for our good because we do love him and we're called according to his purpose. So we just pray provision for you and mm-hmm. and whatever snags that come because of employment or needs, et cetera, that God's going to work those out. And, yeah. and please circulate that by the mm-hmm. form of specific prayer yeah. requests as well because we want, we want you to know that we're connected yeah. and that we're close. Mm-hmm. And uh, we look forward to the growth that's going to come mm-hmm. out of this and, and everything that he's going to do on the back end. Mm-hmm. So we love you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you, again, need prayer, any sort of connection, care at equippercentralcoast.com. Uh, if you want to know more about Jesus and walking in relationship mm-hmm. with him, you can go to our website, equippercc.com connect. We'd love to uh, get a hold of you and grab coffee or something, talk about Jesus. We love you a ton, and we will be, you'll be hearing from us soon what's next. God bless. God bless.